historian, entrepreneur, and author Itai Tenenbaum is your guide for a behind-the-scenes tour of Israeli society and objective analysis of the key issues of the day for anyone who wants a deep and authentic look inside Israel. Welcome to the Inside Israel podcast. It has been a few days since Benny Gantz, Israel's Minister of Defense, declared that six Palestinian organizations acting under the guise of civil society organizations are deeply involved with terrorist organizations. The Ministry of Defense stated that activists were employed in field and management positions and hid their affiliation with a terror organization known as the Popular Front or the Popular Front for the Liberation of Palestine. Israel's declaration was made after a joint investigation of the Shin Bet, which is the General Security Services, and the headquarters for the Economic War on Terror. This was also approved by the Israeli Judicial Authority. In a briefing, the sources said that intelligence material related to organizations that have been declared terrorist organizations are part of a very heavy intelligence portfolio, where there's unequivocal evidence, including films, photos, receipts of money transfer, linking organizations in question to supporting terror activities. Let's jump back a little over two years. It was Friday morning, August 23rd, 2019. A young girl named Rina Schnerb went hiking with her father and brother. As they walked on a trail leading to a spring called Ma'ayan Dani, near the town of Dolev, a group of terrorists watching from afar activated a bomb, causing the death of the 17-year-old Rina Schnerb. Her father and brother were seriously injured. Two employees of one of the six civil human rights organizations, named Samir Arbid and Abed Erazek, were also members of the Popular Front. Both of these men were involved in the 2019 murder of Rina Schnerb, arrested, interrogated, stood trial, and now are sitting in prison. Once again, Izzo claims that the intelligence material regarding the six organizations leave no room for doubt and are, as they say, quote-unquote, cast in concrete, proving a direct link between organizations and people on their behalf to the Popular Front terrorist organization. According to the Israeli security sources, there is a method of operation of the Popular Front organization that uses civil society organizations to disguise terror activities and terrorist financing. The Ministry of Defense bluntly said, the State of Israel has a duty to protect itself and the lives of its citizens and to fight terrorism everywhere and in every aspect. So who are these organizations and what do they do? I'm going to name them quickly. First is Union of Palestinian Women Committees. That's UPWC. The union aims to improve the status of Palestinian women and empower them to ensure true equality between men and women and social justice for all. That sounds great, but they continue in their mission statement to say the union is considered an integral part of the Palestinian national movement that struggles to get rid of the Israeli occupation. All right, fair enough. They can multitask. A second organization is called Adamir, which is Arabic for conscience. They are a prisoner support and human rights association that works to support Palestinian political prisoners held in Israeli and Palestinian prisoners. The center actually offers legal aid to political prisoners, advocates their right at the national and international level, and works to end torture and other violations of prisoners' rights through monitoring legal procedures and solidarity campaigns. Also sounds pretty good, right? Third organization is Defense for Children International, committed to securing a just and viable future for Palestinian children in the occupied West Bank, including East Jerusalem and the Gaza Strip. The fourth is Union of Agricultural Work Committees, a progressive civil society organization contributing to the agriculture sector's development through empowering farmers steadfastness and sovereignty. Now, I'll get back to this organization momentarily. There's also El Chak, whose goal is to protect and promote human rights and the rule of law, again, in the occupied Palestinian territories, they call it. And the sixth 
is Bisan Center for Research and Development, which seeks to enhance Palestinian resilience and to contribute in building an effective democratic civil society. Again, the titles sound pretty good, and actually Israel admits to the fact that many of these organizations actually do some good work. However, taking a closer look, you realize they also serve harboring terrorism. For instance, the Union of Agricultural Work Committees, the UAWC, advocates for farmers sound completely innocent and civil. But two employees, the same two I named before, Samir Arbid and Abed El-Razek, are also members of the Popular Front, and I mentioned both of them were involved in the murder of Rina Schnerb. Atraf Brimawi, who ran the Bisan Research Center, remember they seek to enhance Palestinian resilience and to contributing building an effective democratic civil society. According to Israel, he too was a member of the military infrastructure of the Popular Front that carried out terrorist attacks, including again the murder of Rina Schnerb. Meetings of military activists on behalf of the Popular Front were held in their offices. The same organization actually conveyed messages and instructions on behalf of the Popular Front to the prisoners in the prison, and its offices were used for activists and meetings with senior members again of the Popular Front. Already in early 2019, the Israeli Ministry of Strategic Affairs published a comprehensive report that indicated these organizations are a money laundering and a mechanism for employing terrorists, mainly members once again of the Popular Front for the Liberation of Palestine. In the last seven years, these organizations received above $200 million from the European countries. For years, Israel has been trying to prevent this funding. The 2019 report presented clear evidence that some operatives of these bodies are also members of the terrorist organizations, and some have also committed terrorist acts. Now, I mentioned that Israel claims these organizations act as money launderer and as a mechanism for employing terrorists. Khalda Jarar, who served as the CEO of Adamir, again, the Prison Support and Human Rights, is also the member of the Popular Front. Mustafa Awad, another employee, was trained by Hezbollah in Lebanon. These are no innocent human rights activists. More and more terrorists, who are also connected to Hamas and or Hezbollah, have become members of these, quote-unquote, rights organizations. It seems to be a trend, or at least a cover, for receiving and laundering money for these terror groups. Okay, I mentioned a couple times the name, the PFLP, the Popular Front for Liberation of Palestine. Who are they? And again, what do they do? So the Popular Front is a revolutionary socialistic party that was co-founded in 1967 by three people, George Chabash, Naif Khawatme, and Ahmed Jibril. It was basically an umbrella organization for Marxist, Leninist, and Arab nationalist groups. A little outdated for their communist ideology, but still functioning. They oppose serving the Palestinian Authority government and have been critical of the Palestinian Authority policies, particularly regarding security coordination with Israel. This PFLP organization does not support the two-state solution and instead calls for the liberation of all of historical Palestine. The PFLP has previously carried out terror attacks against Israeli targets, historically and current. Many Israelis remember the Avivim school bus massacre, where early in the morning, a bus departed from Avivim heading with kids to two local schools. The route was scouted by terrorists, believed to have infiltrated from Lebanon. As the bus passed by, 10 minutes after leaving the community of Avivim, it was attacked by heavy gunfire from both sides of the road. The driver was among those hit in the initial barrage, as were the two other adults on board. The three were killed as the bus crashed into an embankment. As the attackers continued firing into the vehicle, nine children, ages 7 to 14, were murdered. The same PFLP organization was responsible for the hijacking of the Air France airline in 1976 to Entebbe, Uganda. Now, most people remember the story of where Israel sent commandos and successfully rescued the hostages. 
In 2001, the PFLP sent assassins to kill Israel's tourism ministry named Recham Amza Evi. Then, in 2002 to 2004, during the Palestinian uprising, the PFLP carried out five suicide bombings, killing many Israelis. In November of 2014, two members of the group, armed with axes, stormed a synagogue complex in Jerusalem and killed four rabbis in the middle of their morning prayer. And once again in 2019, killing the young Rina Schnerv. The PFLP is listed as foreign terrorist organization by the European Union and the United States. The way to override the label of terrorists is to join a human rights or civil rights organization. Now, as always in a democratic society, not all Israelis agree. As a matter of fact, there is an in-house opposition to declaring these groups as involved with terror. Ministers Merav Michaeli and Nitzan Horowitz, both belong to the left-leaning parties in Israel, protested that they had not been updated on Defense Minister Benny Gantz's decision. They demanded that he present the government with the intelligence information underlying the decision. Gantz refused to present the material in such a wide-ranging form and is willing to present it at a meeting of the Security Cabinet. Attorney Michael Svarad said that the Defense Ministry decision is to declare war on the human rights community in Palestine, the world, and Israel. All right, a little bit dramatic, but that's okay. Some of the organizations declared today are personally known to me, he said, and are veteran professionals, serious and reputable human rights organizations around the world. This is done without presenting any evidence for the allegations against the organizations, he continued. And after they were presented to European countries, they were rejected outright. That was previously, not this time. It is difficult to evade the feeling and suspicion that the move was intended to eliminate human rights organizations. And again, this is attorney Michael Svarad, which often represents these organizations. Deputy Minister of the Economy, Yair Golan, also from the left-leaning party, said, we've been following these organizations for years. Information may have been received that requires them to be declared terrorist organizations, and it may be that someone has shown excessive enthusiasm. Of course, he's talking about the Minister of Defense, Benny Gantz. Deputy Minister Yair Golan noted an interview with Kalman Lipskin and Asaf Lieberman, that's in Khan 11 News Channel, that it was possible to discuss the issue in the cabinet and deal with the matter in an orderly manner. Golan added that although some Palestinian organizations are working against Israel, the state has an interest in them continuing to work. And then he said, after all, we allow the transfer of money, cash, to Hamas in order to maintain security stability in the Gaza Strip. We have an interest in Judea and Samaria that some civil society organizations continue to function. And again, that was Yair Golan, the Deputy Minister of the Economy. Countering that, Prime Minister Bennett, the Foreign Minister Yair Lapid, and Gantz are in agreement that these are indeed organizations that are involved with terror. Now, Israel's not alone in this. There are other examples from around the democratic world of NGOs that are shut down for being suspected of links to terrorism. The French government shut down the CCIF, the Collective Center La Islamophobia in France, a well-known group that claims to fight Islamophobia and promote human rights. This group, the CCIF, was shut down not because its leadership was arrested for terror links and violent activities, but rather because they were creating an atmosphere of hate, discrimination, and anti-Semitism, and for spreading conspiracy theories. The French government accused the NGO of using the facade of human rights to advance politically motivated ideologies that involved hate speech, incitement of violence, and in certain cases, glorification of terror and terrorists. Two years ago, the Dutch government halted 8 million euros, that's $9.2 million, in funding over three years to the Palestinian NGO UAWC, the Palestinian Union of Agricultural Work Committees, as a result of evidence shown that the group is linked to the PFLP, the Popular Front for the Liberation of Palestine, terror group. As I mentioned before, it seems to be the trend 
to use civilian human rights organizations to fund a multitude of illegal violent actions. These type of non-government organizations do not have a monopoly over this type of facades. As a matter of fact, there's something called the GONGO. What is that? That's government-organized non-government organizations. I know it's a contradiction in terms, but think about it. Who, for instance, invaded Crimea? The Russian claim was that it was civil society, when in fact it was the Russian army, who's occupied government offices and police headquarters in eastern Ukraine, bringing massive instability to that region. Again, it was claimed that it was civil society, but it wasn't. It was paramilitaries. Who's fighting the government of Bashar al-Assad in Syria? Again, civil society, right? Well, not exactly. Again, government type of organizations declared as NGOs. And who are the collectivos confronting the Venezuelan students who protest against the government? Again, civil society activists, of course. No, they're not. They're government-sponsored NGOs. The rise of these government-organized non-governmental organizations, or the rise of the NGOs masquerading as silver and human rights activists, forces us to rethink our benign definition of NGOs and civil society. Please don't misunderstand. NGOs are important. Human rights activists are important. Civil rights organizations are extremely important. However, when they start taking a role of terrorism, violence, and the likes, it is time to be able to redefine what we think of as an NGO. In labeling the six Palestinian organizations acting under the guise of civil society organizations but being deeply involved with terrorist organizations, Israel has done exactly that. As I speak, members of the Israeli security apparatus are on the way to Washington, D.C. to present the White House with the actual facts about these six organizations. Maybe I'm naive, but I have no doubt in my mind that once the facts are presented, the Biden administration will indeed agree that these organizations will be labeled as terrorists. Hopefully the Europeans will follow, and then another small success in fighting financing of terror will be achieved. If you like Inside Israel, please share with others. You can access all of our episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google and Amazon, as well as www.insideisrael.fm.